It is going to be a busy morning at the legislature. Let's find out why that is. Joining us now, Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. And uh, among other things, the legislature is returning to being the center of political action in the province. So we've got uh, Kevin Falcon doing a media availability this morning in his office at the legislature in person with the press gallery in person. And then we've got uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dix in the press theater, again, in person. Uh, so that's a change from the, from the old pandemic days for two years where virtually everything was online and people like me could shelter in their basement to command center and never venture out blinking into the light. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's back, uh, it is you back. know, and, uh, and returning to normal, although... I think one of the things we'll talk about this morning is whether or not returning to normal is exactly what we need to be doing about COVID-19. Yes, that's coming up. Let's start with the B.C. Liberal vote. Results being announced at 9 o'clock this morning. Yeah, so they're announcing the results of the party's vote. The party members have been voting online the last couple of days on changing the name of the B.C. Liberals to B.C. United. And Kevin Falcon will be available to talk to us about what it all means by 9.45. They say, Simi, that they're going to tell us what the percentages were. It needs 60% to be approved in the long run. So they're going to tell us that. They haven't said, Simi, whether they're going to tell us how many liberals voted on this. So the liberals, way back when the New Democrats were scrambling with their membership list... Uh, during their leadership fight, the Liberals made a big deal of the fact that they had three times, four times as many members as the New Democrats. The New Democrats had 11,000 members. The Liberals claimed 45,000 members. Now, that was back when it made them look good in relation to the NDP. The interesting thing will be, do they tell us how many Liberals voted, how many of those 45,000 Liberals voted, on the name change, because that'll tell us how engaged liberals are on this issue. So uh, that's the number I'm looking forward uh, for, too. Um, I mean, leader Kevin Falcon leaned on the party, urged people to vote yes for the name change. A lot of the people around him did the same. So if it doesn't pass, he has some explaining to do. But if they won't announce the vote, he has some explaining to do on that one, too. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine they would go through this whole process and stake so much on it if they weren't confident that yeah. it was going to pass. Because otherwise, why do it? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would agree with you, Simi. I think, I think they're confident that they're going to get the vote they want and the name change they want. Now, this is only one of three steps in actually doing that. The party has to have a convention in the new year to ratify this change. And then they have to come up with a rebranding strategy and play that out. Um, Obviously, if David Eby were calling a quick election, they wouldn't have time to do that. There's little chance that David Eby is thinking of an early election. I think Eby, like a lot of us, noted what happened to incumbents in the civic elections in October, and I think E.B. has every intention. He says he's going to govern right to the fixed election date in 2024. I think he certainly will govern for the next year.
Okay, so I'd be very curious about those numbers too when they come. Do you feel like there will be a lot of pressure on the, on Kevin Falcon to say how many people voted here? I think he's got to explain himself if if they don't. And I I think the only possible reason they won't announce the votes, Simi, is if it's an embarrassingly well, low turnout. If yeah. if uh, if it's impressive, I'm sure they'll be boasting to us about how many people voted. Right. It's always the tell. That's the tell. Okay, let's talk about the 11 o'clock event now. So this is Health Minister Adrian Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry. So we're not a return of mask mandates, but what's going on? Yeah, they're getting the COVID-19 ban back together. Uh, I don't think they've done anything since I looked back this morning. I think it was mid-September, so two months ago. Um, I, I would say all of the signs out there are that we are into a serious season of respiratory problems. You've got three viruses. You've got uh, people. I, the anecdotal evidence online of people taking their kids to the ER and waiting for hours and uh, of ERs like the Children's Hospital saying, don't come unless it's really serious because you're overwhelming us. Um, reports of hospitals uh, at capacity or over capacity. I, there's enough evidence out there, Sammy, this thing is serious. I think it should be a sobering briefing today. I do notice, however, Simi, in, in the comments ahead of time, Adrian Dix and Dr. Bonnie Henry are both saying, well, masks are recommended, but we're not talking about a mandatory mask mate, uh, mandate. They're going to have to explain why. I think there's good reason uh, for us in British Columbia to have done it already and certainly to do it now. Okay, so that's what we'll be looking for today. Uh, I also want to talk to you about this whole Surrey policing situation, Vaughn, because this it just seems to get messier every oh. day. Yeah, I mean, I am a little surprised that the new mayor of Surrey is so poorly briefed. I mean, she announced that, uh, well, we're not going to be hiring any more police in Surrey uh, because uh, city council has voted to reverse direction. And I noticed the, the chief of the new Surrey police force said, uh-uh, uh, we're, we're still on track and we're continuing. Very interesting. Mike Farnworth, the Solicitor General, came out yesterday and said the chief's right. Look, there's a transition plan in place, put in place by the previous Surrey Council for transition from the RCMP to the new police force. The new police force is hiring on that plan. And that plan remains in place until the new Surrey Council, which wants to change direction, comes up with a new plan. And that isn't enough either. That new plan has to be approved by the Provincial Director of Policing Services on the number one and only real concern of the Provincial Solicitor General, which is adequate protection for public safety. So the mayor may, just because she's got a 5-4 majority uh, on council and that vast 28% mandate that she got, think that she can just reverse direction at, with a snap of the fingers, she can't do that. But she found that out yesterday. How can she not know that? I don't know. You know, is it bad briefing? Is it uh, not understanding the situation? I, I know you, you talked to her yesterday. I mean, I, I see that she's telling people, oh, no, she's talked to, you know, provincial officials and, and her officials yeah. are working on it. And, and <laughs> I love the way she ducked the cost question yesterday. Yeah, like, wouldn't like, say it. Would, she, it would... had, she had numbers when she was running for mayor, 
that assured the people in Surrey who voted for her that this thing was affordable and what it was going to cost. You ask her yesterday, what's the cost? Um, she goes, well, I, I don't want to discuss that. We've got to find that out. We, that's why we have officials. Well, you know, <laughs> exactly. Do, do those numbers back up her claims? Or was that just the sort of thing you say to get yourself elected? And then mm-hmm. the real thing, I'm, I'm still not sure, Simi, that this thing is going to go ahead. I still wonder if you're not going to have a plan from Surrey that is half-baked yeah. and that gets turned down by the province and the Surrey mayor and, and her council majority throw up their hands and say, well, we tried, and the provincial government stopped us. I mean, the other thing Farmer said yesterday is, hey, uh, whatever it costs, do not come to Victoria looking for financial assistance. Surrey is going to have to eat the entire cost of reversing direction, assuming it even happens. The thing that I also don't understand is that the first time they did this, so the current transition plan that they have in place, that was not done in 30 days. You know, no, they're they're no, talking no. about coming up with one by the end of the month. That yeah. took months to develop a transition plan, and then yeah. it took a long time to get the province to approve it. So how do they think they're going to get this done in like by Christmas? Well, they can submit whatever the heck they want, but the idea that the provincial government is just going to rubber stamp that I mean, there's every chance if it's half-baked that the province will send it back and say, nice try, but no dice. Uh, this, thing, this thing is by no means over. And as Farnworth emphasized yesterday, there is a transition plan. It is provincially approved. It is in place. And until there's a new one provincially approved, that plan remains in place. So the Surrey police chief is absolutely right. He can continue on the track that he's on uh, because that's the plan that was submitted by the previous council and that continues. I mean, this happens semi-provincially when we change governments, right? We get a new government in place. But, but what the previous government did in good faith continues. We've had the courts step in and say, you can't just cancel a contract that was signed by the previous government. It was a legal government, and it was in place, and it was approved. And uh, you know, it, it's the lack of thought that goes into the initial performance by the mayor of Surrey that uh, I can't believe her own electorate is very impressed with what she's done so far. Yeah, this is what I wonder, too. All right, Avon, oh, before I let you go, quick, is there any concert you can think of that would get you out of the house and, and go into an arena now with a bunch of people to watch? You know, I think all of the concerts that I'd like to see would involve time travel, Simi. I'm, oh. I'm an old person now, but the, the two greatest that I saw, I'll tell you that, Springsteen in Seattle, just before Christmas in 1978, and Neil Young and Crazy Horse in Los Angeles in October 1978. Uh, best shows, and there's a lot of competition for that title. Um, hmm, who would get me back to see yeah. a show? Maybe Sigur Ross. I saw them in Burnaby in a rainstorm a couple of years ago. Fantastic show, and I'm a huge, huge fan of them, so I'd have to think about that. All right, you think about that. We're going to ask you again. Thanks, Vaughn. <laughs> Bye-bye.